Welcome to episode number one. We have a particularly interesting topic today. I'm Bertrand, and today's episode, I'm with Erika. Hi, everyone. And with Bernardo. Hello. Welcome to the Tinkering the Future of Work and Life, produced by Blue Waves Boutique, providing you with a fresh and positive look at the future of work by sharing little tips and magic tricks for your daily dose of confidence. Today, I heard something. Today, I saw something. Today, I've tried something. Together, Together we have learned. We have a fascinating topic today is how the world is changing and particularly companies and how did companies change over the past two years and how will they need to change in the future. Let's start with having a look at the past in the past two years because over the pandemic, I think company did a lot. They did a lot of effort to adapt quickly or something which wasn't attended. But what did you saw? What do you think actually? Yes, companies changed a lot in the past two years. They had to reinvent themselves. And not only themselves, the products and how they communicated. I think they did a really pretty good job. It was not easy because it was a couple of decades where they have learned how they do their stuff. From marketing to delivery, they knew because they have learned for a century for some companies. And from one day to the other, they had, they had to recreate literally anything. Yeah, imagine the effort and the, the work they didn't have to do that. It's a pretty big job, but it, it went all well. Yeah, more or less it went well. But what we could observe when we helped other companies uh, developing remote work and new ways of working was like the engine, the driver of this change at this time was we have to change and we have to save the company. It was a global will. Uh, like even if it doesn't work, we will do everything to make it work. Whatever happens. Everybody was willing to support the company and make it work. Yes, and it changed the mindset of the people in the companies. Because um, before, people was only motivated to work with other people. And then, d during the COVID, you had to work with your company, not only the people, but the company as well, and the goals and the vision of that company. I believe that people shift a little bit the mind to understand better the company as well. Yeah, they had to reinvent themselves inside the company. I believe that when you're working in the office or in your space, you have the human interactions with colleagues, but when you work from home, you not only have to work with the employees and the clients, you have to work with the mindset that the company has or has shifted during this period. And that's maybe the biggest shift now, not from working in the office to working from home, the relationship we have to the company and to the colleague? Yes, because um, when you work so many years in the company, you normally forgot that why you're doing that. Why are you working in that company? What is the, the vision, the goals? And during the COVID, you had to remember yourself and the company as well, not only the employees. They had to remember what the hell I'm doing here. So they had to understand that. Even the company had to think, okay, why do we exist? Why were we created? So if we were created to help people, let's uh, find other ways to help people but working from home. And I think everyone did pretty good. Definitely, and it's maybe what we observe. It's like companies who had a very honest 
an engaging vision from the beginning, did very well. Whatever the challenges and difficulties during the COVID, because they managed to keep the employees engaged. On the other side, companies with a weak vision or company which didn't have values that resonate to the employees didn't went so well. Yeah, but maybe in that case it's good also because they had to think another way to do the vision of the company. If not, they will just close, right? So maybe to not close, let's change our way of doing. It's a good point as well. Everyone ha had to think in their lives, company, personal, professional. So it's a good point. Not only reinvent the way they do it, but even what they do, like the product. There are so many companies that changed the type of um, product and how to sell it. Their business boomed more online than in person. Yeah, and it's true for any kind of business because we always hear and talk and see example everywhere on social media about digital business, but we also have a lot of physical business which reinvented themselves, embracing digital virtually or as the main business. We have butchers now who sells fresh meat over Instagram. They didn't do before, and they go big with that. We had restaurants embrace delivery services, and they do great. There's a bakery. Before COVID hit, The, the sales were not that good. But when COVID happened, they closed the shop. The owner started taking photos of their creations and business boomed. Now she does online delivery and opened a new space. It's growing pretty big. So COVID has the good side as well. Yeah. yeah, COVID was a trigger like the other ones. It has, of course, very sad parts in the COVID. But in terms of triggering change, it's a good trigger. It did a lot of things. But now if... We look at 2000, beginning of 2023, end of 2020, I saw a curve. People making a lot of effort up to mid-2021. And I don't know, what do you think if they were exhausted, if maybe they thought they reached the goal already, but they stopped making effort? I think the effort they made in the pandemic, in the COVID, was too much for the company and the employees to handle it. So in 2021 and 22, uh, people were just tired of everything. And w what I observed this year is that companies now realize they have to change again because the way they worked d during the COVID is not enough now. Yeah, uh, 20, like, like you said, 2021 and 22, they were getting stagnant. But now they're like, okay, so we need to redo everything again to see what better suits to our employees and our company. But yeah, now it's time for another change. Yeah, for sure. My, my feeling is like 2020 and the beginning of 2021 is just like when you have an injury, you first start with pain relievers. But then you need to heal the injury because painkillers don't fix anything. They had the painkillers. Okay, emergency. What do we need to do? But finally, what do we need to do is reinvent anything. And they were already tired at the end of middle of 2021, which led finally, if we see in the world, to the big quit. People are quitting their jobs because they are tired, bored with the work. It's the time where COVID already passed. So they need to change the way of working as well. It's time for another big jump for the companies. Either the ways they commute, work, the product, how they sell the product. They have to reinvent themselves again. 
But I, I believe they think they are already doing that. No? 2020 was the first trigger. The way you were working doesn't work anymore and there is something else. And try to jump in the, into the cold water and try something, fix something. But 2023 is maybe even more important that, guys, it will never work again. You have to create something. If you want to evolve, if you want to be sustainable, if you want to keep your employees, you have to change something. Yes, because maybe the hybrid system is not enough nowadays. Yeah, and like you said, not only maintaining the employees, but even maintaining the clientele. And we shouldn't forget that if employees are exhausted in companies because of the COVID, clients feel the same. Mm -hmm. They're during the pandemic, the changes, and they had to change as well. The way they buy, consume, the way they call a support, the relationships they have to a company change as well. And it's very important too. Exactly. Not only companies change, but the clients as well, like you said. The clients nowadays are more used to buy online. I see that very often. They do it on the phone. Yeah, you hear people on the street, I found this shop online. Now it's the time to call back the clientele to the physical shops, but maintaining the digital part. That's very interesting because if we go back a decade ago, people complain because iTunes and Spotify killed the music industry. Amazon killed the libraries. Netflix killed the TVs. But none of them did it. It was the lack of experience, of great service, the music shop you like, because the guy in the music shop knows everything. This guy disappeared. So the service disappeared. It was easy for Spotify and iTunes to take over. Erica, you like the bookshops. Yes, I was talking about that. If you go into the, the bookshop, it's difficult to find anyone who knows about any book. I, I love books and normally I want a suggestion from the employee and they don't have any. So finally you end up buying online if you can because it doesn't make a difference? It doesn't. No, because when you go to a bookstore, the only thing they suggest are the bestsellers. Yeah, they are bestsellers for a reason, but I want your personal suggestion. I don't have to go online to see their critics and then, okay, maybe I'll read this one. But before that happened, like you had people, okay, this book is really good. The writer is, writes really well. The topic is this. And I was like, okay, this is the best I'll just pick. Yeah, it's sad how they change, but it's a good evolving arc because the world is changing and we have to adapt with them. In my position, for example, I, I buy a lot of stuff online because I don't need advisory. I'm a surfer. And I wouldn't buy a surfboard online because I like to go to the surf shop for what? For a discussion with the shaper. The guy who makes the board, hearing the passion and having something special for an experience. And then it would bring me back to the physical shop. Even if the product is cheaper online, even if it arrives faster by me and I think it's the same for the books. What you're talking about, it's different. You're talking about the size of the company, actually. Because if you're going to a large company, the employees are not well-trained like the small company. The small company, normally everyone knows everything. Yeah, When they're small, they give more importance to what they do and what they're selling to explain everything to the customer. But when they're too big, there are too many priorities. And that's what is needs to be changed. Yes, because it doesn't have to be. If, for example, now we are in Portugal and we don't have physical Apple Store, but if you have a look at an Apple Store uh, a couple of years ago, they had what they called the Genius Bar. And the Genius Bar doesn't sell you anything. It's just people who are passionate about the product, knowledgeable usually, 
and they are just there to help you. So you enjoy your time in the shop, even if Apple is a big company. Yes. You wouldn't go back to a physical store if you don't find something special, a special service. Maybe employees will never go back to the office if they don't find something special. Don't you think? Maybe some people just get back because of the the colleagues, not because of the office. Yeah, human interactions. Yeah, I, actually they mostly go back to the office because of policies. Uh, yeah. And manager forcing them to go back, but I don't think it will succeed. It's not the way we should change. Having a fixed policy telling you two or three days a week back to the office is post pure stupidity. It will <laughs> never work if they do like this and force people. It's because they don't know the way of doing the, the the job. I don't think they are trying to force people to do things, but because they don't know another way of doing. Yeah, I think they're thinking like, okay, let's go back to how we were doing. Let's see how we can change. Instead of doing the change now, let's trace our steps, go back and then redo it. I think it's a, it's a big step to how we can change it. Yeah. I don't think companies are there yet. Yeah, but actually it doesn't make sense. What I was telling to companies where they were starting to go back to the past, I was telling them. Guys, what is happening? Do you expect Jimi Hendrix or Kurt Cobain to come back to you and sing you a song? No, because it's from the past. Doesn't mean you have to forget Nirvana or Jimi Hendrix. It just means they taught us things that we can use to build something new, but they will never come back. The past never solved the future, so don't go back. Invent another way of doing things. Don't repeat the same mistakes as, as in the past. If you, you have to learn from your mistakes to grow and change the future. Yeah, but the question is, what are the steps now? First company should think, instead of just what happened, what did they learn? There are good things from the pre-COVID era, great learnings from the COVID era. Maybe you could capitalize on these learnings to create something. Exactly, because the COVID was not only negative. They invent another way of working. They invent another things to do as well at home and in the office. So let's keep that mindset that we can work at home at the office at our pace. Yeah. I think that for that to happen, you have to have the right tools. And without the, without the right tools, change will never happen. And if you don't keep the, the learnings? This is a problem. Is in my opinion, the post-COVID era doesn't have any track record things you can directly relate to. It's something we have to build. It's something that didn't exist before. But when we had internet in the company, it was something totally new and people embraced the internet in the company. So industrial revolution happened already and uh, we changed. It's just this time people seem not to want to look at the learnings to build something new and instead of that, trying to go back to the past, which is not possible. But what you said, Erika, is we need to look at the learnings, maybe. And question ourselves as well about the tools and the learnings. If it works now, okay, in the COVID worked, yes, but now it works? Yeah, during COVID they introduced Zoom, uh, Microsoft Teams and uh, video chat. But does it make sense to work with those tools? 100% in this case, do we have to use it 100% of all times, those tools? Very good question, actually, because these tools are part of the painkillers. It was immediate, like the Zoom era, eight hours a day on a Zoom. 
it happened because people tried to copy the way they worked before into a new world, which doesn't work because eight hours a day is Zoom, you get back pain, you get exhausted, you're not productive, and it leads to burnout. It was something that's fixed, maybe because they couldn't invent everything at the same time, but now it's time for something else, maybe. It's not using all the time the same tool. Yeah, you cannot go from one point to another. You have to find the middle ground, the balance. Zoom and those things were like the first aid kit, but it doesn't help heal if we use the same analogy. You cannot go from uh, using it 100% of all times and then 0% of all times. You have to find the middle ground. Yeah, sadly the middle ground now is called hybrid. Yes. And hybrid is maybe the biggest disaster we ever created because hybrid doesn't exist actually. Hybrid means what? Having the office as a location, home as a location and deciding about two or three days a week. It's not the same day for everyone. So finally, it's every day remote for the teams. So it's not hybrid in any means. Yes, but I believe the companies tried to make a sense of liberty, a flexibility to the employees. You can choose the days you want to go to the office and you can choose the days you, you stay at home. But the liberty and the flexibility the employees have to be more happy. Yeah, for, for example, imagine if I have two children and there are some days that they don't have school. It makes sense working from home on those days. And then when they are busier, I'll go for, to the office. I think it's the other way around. Because if you have two kids at home and you are working, can you work? Oh, sure, yeah. Maybe you can, if you can also decide when you work. Not only where you work, but also when you work. When we talk about liberty, what companies are doing is the opposite of liberty. Uh, liberty starts with asking people what they need and how they want to work and deciding for them to settle two or three weeks by a policy made by someone who is usually not the usual employee making the decision it will be office or home, this is not liberty. This is another kind of prison. Yes, that's why companies need to change because they think one thing and they do another one. They're always stuck behind the policy because the policy does not permit this and this and this. Rethink everything, renew everything. Yeah, because that's where the big shift is. Finally, if we look at the big changes in the company, employees decide. There was a study explaining that to take the best talents, the guys you really want for your company, they made their decision and they say no to a company having this as this policy if they don't like it. And it will always be the case, finally, if you want to attract the best talent, if you want the best guy in the company, this best guy will force you to decide another way of working and to change the way you work and the way you think. There in, even in some companies, you have examples of policies that the employees don't agree with, but they cannot do anything because the, the top uh, bosses say, oh, no, but it's a company's policy. Yeah, but is it working? Is it worth having if it's not working? I don't believe so, no. That uh, the company is not ready to change, yet employees are already ready to change. The company without employees is not a company. It, the company needs employees. If the employees are ready for a change, the change has to be made. If not, they won't grow. But then we are talking about the bigger change. Yeah. yeah. Finally, it's a bigger change. Companies should understand that it's useless to resist because to the end, employees will win. So they should better listen to what employees need, the way they want to work. You cannot say a company is 
full of lazy or unreliable employees. No company is full of uncommitted, unreliable people. It's just that you should listen to them and how they want to work and explain where you want to go so that you have a match and find a solution together. Yes, and in the end, it's not a battle. It's not to see who, who wins and who, who's lost. It's about the employees who work on the field. They are not stuck inside of the office and with the book on the, on the hand. Yes, this is the iceberg of the manager. Everybody says the top manager in the company knows less than 10% of the stuff that is happening in the company. And I think also there is a big mistake because if you see the news people oppose office work, first of all, working from home is not the only alternative to office work. So the alternative to office work, meaning working in one location, is work anywhere yes, and not work remote. from home. Yeah, remote work doesn't mean work from home. It's remote. And what they forget also when they call the hybrid stuff, you are remote from the point where one teammate is distant from the other. So imagine you have two people in two different offices of the company. They are remote. It's remote work. They are remote. Or you have to run a meeting in your company in the office and you don't have any meeting room and you do a Zoom. You are remote. The question is not that much office work, remote work, hybrid work. In most situations, we are remote. Yes. The big question is how we work. Yeah, But unfortunately, companies are not thinking like that. Or they haven't started thinking of what are we doing. But they are already changing a little bit. They are realizing that if they don't change something, the employees will just quit. Yeah. They, they've been getting a lot of suggestions how to improve. They have to listen to it, think about it. They have to calculate it, not just, okay, no, this is company policy, so no. No, listen to your employees, listen to your, even the customers. Even when clients suggest something or are searching for a type of service, listen to them, work with them, not work for them, but work with them to improve and to change. Change has to happen. That is very interesting because what we are talking about is finally growing as a company, attracting and retaining customers or employees, all we need to care about is the experience we deliver. And we say about remote work, I would go to an office if I could do something that I cannot do at home. Something different. The office will never be as good. But doing something different, for example, we do workshops. We know how to do remote workshops. But if we create physical workshop, we create a very different experience. It's not the same. We can create an experience for physical workshops that tells you, okay, you have to be there because it will be something special. It's different. Like you said, it doesn't make a difference to in the office or at home. It depends on the person as well and where they prefer to work. For example, for us, it's better physically. You have a lot of uh, people that are working from home actually increases their productivity because they're less distracted from idle conversations or distractions. But then you have the other way where people decrease the productivity because there are too many distractions like the television and the dogs and the children. But, um, but those people actually prefer going to the office. So you have to find a middle ground. Yeah, or let them do what they want. Uh, let them work where they like, where they feel good for work, create the best experience for them so that they feel part of a team, as I can grow as a person. Yeah, I believe it's more about seeing what they are doing 
than anything else. Going back to what you said, if working from home, uh, doing the same work from home and the office, it doesn't work. I, th I believe that working from home, you do your job, your function, but when you go to the office, you have another experience. Okay, at home I am creating the products, but if I go to the office, I am seeing the product, the flaws of it. And then you go back working from home to make those changes, and then you go back to see it. That would be the, the perfect way to do hybrid, not just, okay, at home and at office, I do the same. Exactly. If it's complementary, you will want to do both. If it's the same, there will always be one which is better than the other, and you will just choose one. And right now, everyone's asking to work from home. If they want to, but working from home, it's five, six, seven years. I didn't really went to an office, but for events and running workshops, uh, I hate working from home. I barely work from home. I work from cafes, from places where I see people. Because working from home, you are missing the social interaction, which are important to any human. Yeah, but that is the real remote work. This is the real remote work. And people say, okay, it's office or home. But home is not remote work. Is that comparing two locations? Not the same. Home is never been a workplace. And if you say remote work, then the office is just another location. Yes, because what is missing is not the, the amount of work you're doing, but the interactions you have, that is the most important. If you work at home alone, you maybe will not feel good. Maybe you prefer the office because you have your colleagues, but it doesn't mean you have to be stuck at home. Yeah. For me, I think working from home has its benefits. But we human beings are a social being. We need other humans. We need to uh, converse, express. Working from home alone, for me, it's not a solution. It was a good solution when COVID happened, but now it's time to change that. It was not a solution. It was mandatory. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, it was the only option. During the COVID, we had the lockdown. During COVID, it was not working from home. It was working remotely in a lockdown context where your only available location is home, which is a very specific thing, for example, and that's part of the learning we should get and we should be aware of is that the context was very biased because the only remote option was home and remote work is very different. So nobody worked remotely during the COVID. They worked from home. Yeah, but since the lockdown was uplifted, Everyone continued to work from home. They didn't change anything. Okay, you still stay at home. It's not immediately. It cannot be like that. And people were still afraid as well. The point here is that the companies didn't know what to do. Yeah, so finally, it's what we say. So if you want to make the shift as a company, the first thing to do is to be honest with ourselves and say, as a company, we still need to learn and we still need to build And they have to have the opportunity to listen, the people to talk about things. The employees, they have to listen. All the company. Quite a challenge, actually. Yeah, it is. It's, not, it's never easy to go back and see our mistakes to learn from them. But it's the biggest step that the company has to, if, to make the change happen. They need to listen to the employees, listen to their suggestions, but they have to be open to it. So when we created the company, we had to research. We did a lot of experiments as well, where things worked well, sometimes a little bit less. Learn with that. We had to learn with our mistakes. And companies should do it as well. 
if we human beings learn from our mistakes, companies should do the same as well. Finally, uh, we are quite happy with the way we work. Our work is mostly remote. When it's physical, it's because we want to, not because we have to. We made the decision because it has value for us. Every time something didn't work well, we were very honest, very transparent with that. And we say, mm, doesn't work that good. And we need to improve. It's a very big step for companies to do that. But I agree with you. I totally agree. And I think companies should be more that. But it's a very, very big step. Yeah. Never easy to admit, okay, I'm not comfortable doing this. But I think it's a big change. It's time to accept that, okay, I have to think that if I'm comfortable to do the, to do things this way, if it will work, and if not, rethink. Yeah, but it's not only that. When we talk about companies, we talk about people that work in that hierarchy for, I don't know, 15 years. So you have to change all the mindset of that person. It's very difficult to do that. It's years and years of a fixed ideology. It's, it's never easy to change that. I like to take things as a kid. They have something particular. And they always want to know. And they always ask, Papa, Mama, how does it work? What it is? They always want to know everything. The experience as a little kid. And instead of, oh, I need to change the stuff I do for 50 years. It's a unique opportunity to learn something new, to improve, to have more fun, to create things in a better way. And yes, the luxury... And it's an opportunity not anyone can afford to learn something new. So they should size it. Exactly. Not seeing as a failure, but as an improvement. Yeah, like you said, the kid grows, goes through phases, good and bad. It's the change that makes life fun. A job should be fun for everyone. If you make a job of a mandatory thing, everyone will be unsatisfied. You have to make the job fun, and for that change has to be made. It's definitely the positive. Or maybe we said it's a challenge, but if company wants to grow and they really want it, they shouldn't see that as something negative, that as an opportunity to build something different, something better, more engaging, with more passion. If they could do it with COVID and it was way more difficult, now it's more easier. Yeah, yeah, now it's the perfect time. Cool. So, if we want to recap this episode, where did we start from? We start with before COVID, the way companies worked, right? Yeah. Then we went to what companies did during COVID and post-COVID. So, with, during COVID, plenty of learning people should look at before going further and trying to create. Then there was the today, the so today which is finally... Maybe a little bit below what we could have expected. Maybe less energetic. But also, it's a pivot. It's a time where a big opportunity opens. Now it's time to get out of this stagnant period and, and start regrowing our steps. And the final one? It's never late to change. <laughs> Definitely. Perfect. So we all hope you had a all a lot of fun with this episode and we will come back with another topic in the next episode still with us we hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something valuable we would love to hear from you and continue the discussion on instagram at blue Wave boutique you will find the link in the description 
It was Tinkering the Future of Working Life with Erika, Bernardo and Bertrand. See you next week for new amazing stories. <laughs>